And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I mean, what makes this special that people at home might not pick up on? You kind of see what you get. The ball goes in the hoop a lot. <laughs> uh, have fun while doing it. You see some dunks, long threes. I mean, behind the scenes, we're not that interesting. You know, we're pretty normal. We enjoy our families, the outdoors, movies, music. Art, food, so... It's not like we're special, super, superhuman superheroes. We're just very blessed to have a great job and, you know, have fun while doing it. That's a but great guys, answer. That's a great, great answer. answer. That's, that's a great answer. Ding, ding. NBA show. I'm David Ford here with Keith Parrish for your weekend update. I hope everybody had a happy Clay Day. This is Clay Day plus one. Uh, Keith, Clay Thompson is back. 941 days between NBA games. And uh, I, let's just start before we even talk about the game. Let's just start with uh, hey, it was, certainly was nice to see Clay Thompson on the court. Yeah, is he just one of the most beloved NBA players? Like, everyone likes Clay, right? It was just exciting to see him back. I can't think of a more, I don't know, liked player who had been out this long. It was such a weird circumstance of, like, it's been so long, and, like, I don't have a rooting interest for the Warriors, but, like, I felt so excited to see Clay, and I, just, I wanted him to do well. I was nervous for him. I was anxious. I had little butterflies in my stomach, but it, it was a it was an NBA event, but then I was trying to compare it to, like, what is this like? This is just strange. I don't, maybe we don't have to, but it, it was a, it was just a different NBA moment. Well, I think it's just so rare that that you have a human being yeah. who is universally beloved 
and, and in the way that he is. And, and we all loved his exploits when he was off the court and, you know, Captain Clay and all that stuff. But this is why we love Clay Thompson, because he's unflappable when it comes to the game. And he was unflappable in his return. I, I'm going to start with the, the first possession of the game. Clay Thompson's first of many shots, Keith. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, just as we all expected, Steven the first bucket he gets was a Clay. driving, fading floater. And Clay down the lane will put it up and in. Yeah, he took it right to the to the rim, uh, made that one, and then as he kept gunning, he he missed his next few. It felt a little bit like uh, you know, like it's the coach's son out there on maybe a little league team. Like I guess that guy's just greedy. Like, uh, yeah. Um, so he he was missing a lot when he finally knocked on that first three pointer. I, I, he turned to the camera and it felt like he said like, I can still do that or something like that. Or like, you know, cause he was wide open. I thought the shot was a little bit funny, but it was just, it was just cool to see clay get back in the rhythm. And I mean, you gotta give him credit. 18 shots. He got off in uh 19 minutes of playing time. That's that's impressive on its own. Otto Porter getting around Allen. There's a good look at a three. There it is. 18 First shots he got off in uh, 19 minutes of playing time. That's that's impressive on its own. That's be, that's better than that uh, 11 dribbles, whatever point game. Wow, that's on Nerder she wrote. We would call that efficiency. Not, not necessarily efficiency at making. Although right. he did have a really nice game. Uh, you mentioned that first three that he made, and he was wide open. It was just kind of crazy that that it looked like a Warriors offensive possession from four years ago where, oh, Clay got loose. And, you know, it was something that I kept thinking of early on. You mentioned how he struggled to start, and he, he ended up one of five in his first stint. And you can see he was tight, and he was forcing it. And he looked a little slow coming off some screens, like he was feeling himself out. And they were guarding him really, really hard because I think it was pretty obvious that the Warriors trying to work him the ball. I, I would have liked to see them just go straight to the Warriors basketball that we all know and love. I think Steph Curry started getting going in that it, once Clay left the court and, and in the second quarter. And then when Clay come came back in, everything had sort of opened up. And Clay's bucket where he catches the ball in the wing. And hits uh, Jared Allen with a crossover. He's got Jared Allen on a switch. He went to reach. And Clay down the lane. Crossover gets it by Jared Allen. Dunked on the whole city of Cleveland. Just Clay Thompson, not really known for dunking. And I'm not going to say he was explosive like your guy, Ja, who we'll talk about later. Uh, But it was nice to see a guy coming back from a extended absence from injury, especially the leg injury, get up and dunk. Well, I was amazed by that play specifically. I mean, maybe I'm scarred for my Grizzlies time of being like, oh, it's time for Chandler Parsons to come back and play. And they're like, oh, he knocked down a shot. Yay. But it was, it was, we were grading on a curve. The athleticism clearly wasn't there. Uh, in Clay's case, he came back. He did have that bouncy dunk. I'm like, oh, he's back. Uh, and so, yeah, that, 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 that was really cool to see. And like, it's also a tough opponent for Clay to start with because the Cavaliers are a very good defensive team and it's impressive for the Warriors just to get this win. They've been struggling a little bit. They've been holding, I mean, Draymond's been in and out. Draymond put with the seven second start. I don't know if that has that ever happened in NBA history. A guy starts and plays seven seconds. Uh, he just wanted to be out there. He fouled and then subbed out. Uh, but like the Warriors getting this win where offense was not coming easily to them. You know, they hope that Clay's going to fix some of the offensive problems. This is one of the best teams in the NBA, but when they've lost, it's because they've struggled to score 
tonight was actually the first game or on Sunday night. It was the first time they'd won a game this year without scoring over 100 points. So, like, maybe Clay's going to help that offensive stuff. But all that to say, it's a tough warm-up game against the Cavaliers team. It's been one of the best teams of teams all season. Yeah, that's a great point. They they actually shot the Warriors in this game 10 of 42 from three. So it's not like they set the world on fire, but they did win this game with defense. And, you know, they, they get to play all these plus defenders now. I mean, this is sort of a different world for the Warriors compared to, you know, what we saw them last year and, and even that season before without Clay. So sliding Clay into this lineup, the starting lineup, you know, you, you knock Jordan Poole to the bench. Now all of a sudden you've got a little bit more scoring punch coming off the bench. I think maybe it's a little bit of a double-edged sword there in solving their offensive woes. And you saw that tonight. I thought that their bench play was fantastic. Jordan Poole, 14 points off the bench in this game. He and Iguodala were, were instrumental, I thought, in in taking over this game and pushing him out to that lead in the, in the third quarter. Yeah, they're now deep. You know, I think this Warriors team is being deep. And I, and you saw Kerr played, not even kind of Draymond, 10 guys played in the rotation. And maybe they'll do a little bit more of that when they're getting the contributions they've been getting, you know, all season from like Bielitsa and Otto Porter and Gary Payton, too, who's been playing so well of late. And then if Jordan Poole gets back in rhythm, too, then that maybe that's like the best case scenario for the Warriors to get all of those players clicking at the same time. And that's going to be the challenge of the coaching staff of like, when Clay struggles, if it's like a game when the other team is making their shots, because we know the Cavs are shorthanded right now, you know, with Rubio out for the year, if they're playing another really good team, are they going to be like, then what do you do if Clay's off and he's rusty and you feel like, all right, do we have a better chance to win tonight with Jordan Poole or do we need to get Clay back up to speed? And so I think there are going to be some speed bumps going forward. But as far as like a, an opening night and the return of Clay, it was definitely a, a delightful time. And pretty rare that you have a Warriors game and the last thing you mention is Steph Curry. Steph Curry was in this game. He had 28 points. He hit his first four threes and then uh, missed the next seven. But it didn't matter because gravity. You know, he creates stuff for everybody else, and and the Warriors are awesome. And it it was nice to see them in the third quarter. You can imagine what this team is going to look like when they have Draymond out there. And, I mean, I, I... I was drooling over the idea of Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Otto Porter, and Andrew Wiggins, potentially, just from an offensive-defensive versatility standpoint. Now, Poole and Curry are not going to do for you what those other three guys can do, uh, but I think that the threat that they pose offensively is going to keep keep the opposing defenses honest in transition. Yeah, I agree with you. There's just a lot of really cool combinations this team now can create with Clay's return. We had a battle of winning streaks in Dallas, Keith, and the Bulls finally lost a game, this time to the Mavericks, 113-99. to And, uh, you know, this is going to happen. You get two teams on a winning streak, somebody's leaving with a loss. And in this one, it was a story of the Mavs' defense was, was good, but the Bulls just couldn't make shots, and, and the Mavs did. This was uh, two teams that have been finding themselves playing their best basketball at a very odd time in the schedule, Keith. And Luka Doncic missed the game with the ankle injury. He was back. He's kind of been in and out of the lineup lately. This is the first game I can remember, and I watched nearly every Mavs game, where Luka had a great game. He had a 22-point, 14-rebound, 14-assist, triple-double. But all of the role players for the Mavs also had good games. It was a fantastic night. Yeah. You know, I felt like I spent a lot of time criticizing the Mavs earlier in this year for going from the past couple of seasons being one of the best offensive teams as far as offensive rating to this year. Like, they're playing a slower pace. Their offense isn't very good. But now, like, 
you have to give him credit recently, especially with, like you said, Luca being in and out of the lineup, with Porzingis being in and out of the lineup. They're winning these, like, grind them out games, these slow games. And now they've pulled off six straight wins. They get a great win over the Mavericks. And, like, no one can score on them. And so they're, they're now, it's like this whole totally different thing. Jalen Brunson's been incredible. And, like, tonight, Luca. He has a huge triple-double, but, like, his shot wasn't falling. He wasn't efficient at all. Uh, But they get the win because, like, their defense has been so good. Yeah, and a little bit of found money here in the last month, month and a half with Josh Green, who they drafted in 2020 and, you know, didn't see much out of him until here recently. He had a season-high 18 points. He's been giving them big minutes, and he's just the sort of guy they've been looking for. I mean, Josh Richardson was sort of what Josh Green could be, and you see some of that in him now, but I would dare say this guy's been more effective as a Maverick than Josh Richardson ever was. Yeah, Josh Green's been playing well. Also, Reggie Bullock has been playing well. He was shooting terribly for the first part of the season. He started to find his stroke. You get a great game tonight. Uh, Maxi Kleber with six made three-pointers. Yeah, when those role players are doing it, and we've seen them perform before. Like We've seen Dwight Powell play well before. We've seen uh, Kleber play well before, and now they're all kind of doing it at the same time if Luca maybe plays himself into shape a little bit more plays more like the preseason MVP candidate that he was yeah you know like this Mavericks team might have a chance at catching my Grizzlies is that a strange yeah, uh, finish to start <laughs> it gets me thinking that that maybe we jumped the gun a little bit on the idea that Jason Kidd destroyed a historic offense and ruined the team now, certainly the historic offense has been destroyed, but maybe didn't ruin the team. I mean, they're winning games, and it's hard to argue against that because, I mean, the Bulls are good, plain and simple. We talked about the big O the other night. Also, it was a stolen uh, basketball by Bradley. Oh, John Moran, what a play. Snatches it. Look at him go up and just two hands. Oh, wow. He hits his elbow on the backboard. That's what freed the ball. That guy is unbelievable. All right, Keith, we got to talk about your Grizzlies because they, man, they just keep winning. Uh, They did the very rare back-to-back L.A. victories. Uh, They beat the Clippers on Saturday night, 123-108. They beat the Lakers, 127-119. And, Keith, I dare say those final scores didn't actually represent the games. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Right. Uh, both of those games, they basically beat the brakes off the teams and then uh, they let them back in, especially the Lakers one was kind of comical. The Lakers went on a 21 to zero run in the fourth quarter after being down by about 30. But the Grizzlies do get the victory. Uh, they've now won not only consecutive back to back wins in L.A. over the weekend. They played five games in the last week. They went five and oh in seven days. 
They've won nine straight games overall. That's a franchise record for a win streak in a season. Uh, this team, it doesn't matter who plays. They're kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, not that you're a homer or anything. Uh, by the way, nine straight wins. They now have the largest winning streak in the NBA. Keith, what was the key to their weekend? I mean, was it Jaron Jackson? Was it John Morant? If you have to pick one, it's either Jaron Jackson Jr., who in the game against the Clippers basically became David Robinson. Like he had, he had five blocks and three steals. He also went 10 for 10 from the line. Like he's a stretch big who showed all of his promise in that game. And then against the Lakers, he follows it up with six blocks, scores 20 points again. Uh, but also Desmond Bain, Desmond Bain scored something like 52 points over the weekend. in, in those two games, like Desmond Bain, just instant offense. It seems like every time he shoots, it goes in those guys. And then just the depth of the team. You had to give the team some credit for, you know, they played five games in seven days because of health and safety protocols and other injuries. They were shuffling guys in and out of the lineups, and possibly that helped guys remain fresh. Like, it was a back-to-back, but John didn't play against the Clippers. They beat the Clippers without John Morant. Tyus Jones stepped up, and they won. And they're now, for this season, 11-2 and when Tyus Jones is the starter for Jaw. So, you know, you had to give credit to the coaching staff, getting all the players ready to play. But, you know, as far as just this weekend, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., huge games. Uh, Desmond Bain, huge games. Also, Desmond Bain drew the ire of LeBron James for, uh, you know, talking smack, which LeBron never, ever talked smack at a game. So I understand him being rubbed the wrong way by a young guy doing it. LeBron seemed to have an issue with how much fun the Grizzlies were having. Like they were laughing and cracking up and like high fiving, and LeBron was like, "Hey, we don't do that here." It was a very, it was a very strange. Like, yeah, he like shoved Desmond Bain because like the Grizzlies were laughing too much while they were running the Lakers up and down the court. Who do those guys think this is? Yeah, yeah. A game. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and Keith, finally, uh, we have a trade. A big, a big one. one. The Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons, uh, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, are finalizing a deal to acquire Bol Bol from the Denver Nuggets in exchange for Rodney Magruder and a future second round pick. Big trade. Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to just get to see more Bol Bol. I think that that is the big takeaway from the trade. Who initiated this trade? Like, is the, do the Pistons want Bol Bol to come get some playing time? Do the, do the Nuggets, this is the trade where I can't figure out like who even wanted it the most. Like, did the, I mean, the Nuggets are so shorthanded. They desperately need bodies. Magruder's going to play for them, I assume. <laughs> and Bowl doesn't. Uh, so, <laughs> I, you know, that it'll be, I don't know, maybe Bowl and, and Jeremy Grant are close. I don't, I'm not sure is, because who even knows if Jeremy Grant's going to be there that long. Uh, we're, we're entering trade season. Is this, this the week, opening salvo? You know, is this the opening salvo for it. trade season? This is the... Yeah. The harbinger of things to come. Um, it That's all right. starts January with, the, with a bowl bowl and a Magruder. January 15th looms large on the calendar. That's going to do it for the show, folks. Don't forget, we got basketball buds coming up next right here on the Athletic NBA show. So stay tuned for that. For Keith, I'm Dave. Wishing you guys a great rest of your week. And I hope you had a great clay day. Keith, let's get out of here. Ruri Hachimura back. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Pounds of clay, and then he said, "Hey, listen." Smile, we saw you. We had the I'm clay snarl a little bit. Yeah. Why do you see the highlights and some because of the, the meat bug after the dunk and a few things he did? We saw the little snarl. Have fun with that one. I mean, dunk on two people and it's been a couple years. He's gonna do something. Uh, I don't know. It just happened.
Talk about your relationship with these fans, man. And obviously, you, you mentioned it, how you got so many great messages from so many great people. And obviously, the, the first time you stepped foot out here, when you're warming up, they gave you a huge ovation there with you the whole game. Everybody's so happy to see you. Um, the fans are the best, best in the league, and uh, an ovation in the pregame, and then to come out and make my first shot. I mean, that was, I mean, we did not even shoot well tonight, and it shows you how good we are defensively. I mean, the fans are everything, you know, I just, they inspired me for the last two years, and I thought about them every day, in that squat rack, in that, on that shuttle machine, and I'm just so happy to be back doing what I love. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.